0: into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today mostly just going to break down some recent news stories we've got kyler murray we've got brock bowers we've got dalvin cook there are plenty news topics to discuss this morning so go ahead take out your coffee sit back relax and enjoy the show All right, so, Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the YouTube chat, the Facebook chat, the Instagram chat. Let's get rocking. Let's get rolling. We'll start things off with David Tepper. Yesterday, we talked about it a little bit. The fine has already been brought out. Pretty, pretty swift action by the NFL. They have decided to fine David Tepper $300,000 for throwing a drink on someone at the most recent game this weekend. Most expensive drink probably in NFL history, that drink was $300,000 and the $12.42 that he spent on the drink to buy it as well. A big fine, not the biggest fine we've ever seen for an owner. Jim Ursay was fined five hundred dollars for his DUI a few years back, Uh, but still $300,000, a lot of money, at least to normal people. Uh, David Tepper is worth $20.6 billion. And in case you're wondering how much $300,000 means to him, let's put it into perspective. The average median net worth in America is $192,000. So if you were just pull someone off the street, that's about what they're worth. A $300,000 fine to David Tepper is about $1.84 to the average American. That is how rich this person is. It's almost ridiculous when you put it into that kind of perspective. It's like you see a $300,000 fine. You're like, whoa, whoa there. And David Tepper is like, oh, okay. It's just another Tuesday. It's just insane. It's just insane that someone could have that much wealth. And it's also insane that that character can't even... Uh, control themselves in a public setting uh, as the owner of an NFL organization just wild that that guy has access to that kind of money uh, and also it's such a small drop in the bucket it is just it is crazy when you really think about the perspective of what that kind of money means to certain people especially owners of NFL teams just absolutely insane a dollar to him just a dollar to him uh, anyway That's the David Tepper situation. I doubt anything else comes from it. I had expected some sort of big fine or maybe a little bit more just because it was action at an NFL game. You know, we've seen owners do a lot of horrible things, but for the most part, it's off the field. And so I I just expected something big to come from this. Uh, And $300,000 is a big fine. Uh, It is still a big fine, even if it doesn't mean much to Mr. Tepper. So we'll move on to another big story. And that is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is uh, parting ways with the Jets. They've mutually agreed to to leave each other alone. Uh, so Dalvin Cook now has a chance to sign with a playoff team, try to get a ring before he leaves us in the leaves the league. Uh, so in the Jets, he only had 67 carries. He got 214 yards off of those carries, averaged about three yards a carry. Totally fine. Uh, so I honestly. I don't know if a team will really take a chance on Dalvin Cook. I think it's possible this is it, right? That he doesn't get signed by anyone for the rest of the season. But if I had to choose one team, this does scream Baltimore Ravens to me. It Just looking at all the other teams still alive in the playoffs, none of them really need a running back. Really at all. I mean, you have the Colts and the Texans maybe could have a complimentary piece, but not really uh the Chiefs don't really need anyone the Eagles don't need anyone the 49ers don't need anyone the Cowboys don't need anyone although the Cowboys were in the running earlier this offseason so maybe they want someone to go alongside with Tony Pollard now that Rico Dowdle is out but either way basically what I'm getting at is I feel like it's the Ravens they've lost Keaton Mitchell they've lost J.K. Dobbins Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are totally fine And no, I don't think they necessarily need a Dalvin Cook. It just seems like that just seems like the one that would happen to me when I think about it. The Cowboys also potential the more and more I think about it as well. Kind of complimentary to Tony Pollard, but I I just, the Ravens is the one. It it just screams Baltimore to me. Dalvin Cook in Baltimore just makes a ton of sense to me. They kind of need another running back. I think Dalvin Cook could be useful to them. uh, And that's the one I kind of expect. I don't really expect anyone else to, to make any moves on him. Uh, if he does sign somewhere, it'll be a playoff team. Uh, and I'm sure he'd be fine. I doubt that he goes out there and is a massive producer or anything like that. Uh, but I'm sure that he could, you know, maybe score a touchdown, maybe handle 10 carries and get 50 yards or something just to kind of go in there and do something. Uh, but yeah, Dalvin Cook, no longer on the New York jets looking to sign with a playoff team. The Jason guest, the certified Jason wake and take guest is the Baltimore Ravens. Go ahead and drop a comment who you think he'll be going to. Um, next Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, all sorts of rumblings, all 2023. Will the Cardinals keep him? Will they use their first round draft pick on a quarterback? Yada, 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 yada. We talked about it on Wake and take. We said the Cardinals would probably keep him. It didn't really make much sense to trade him away. He doesn't really garner much trade interest just because the previous organization had kind of painted Kyler Murray in a terrible light, saying he doesn't like to study, he plays too many video games, he's immature. And so uh, it was going to be hard to trade Kyler Murray. It was plain and simple. And then they ended up with, it, you know, I mean, they still have a good draft pick, but not the 101. Uh, and so it, it just made the most sense for them to keep Kyler Murray. And that's what they're doing. Kyler Murray is the Cardinals franchise quarterback, no ifs, ands, or buts. He is a top ten quarterback. Win healthy. There's never been any question about it. He's an electric athlete. He's a really good quarterback, and the Cardinals have no point in 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 replacing him. It's just it it doesn't make any sense. Kind of like I feel like the Bears should keep Justin Fields. It, there's kind of the same logic. We'll see what happens with there. I think that's going to be an episode coming up this off season, diving into that situation a bit more. But either way. Kyler Murray, uh, Jonathan Gannon came out and said, no doubt, number one is our franchise quarterback, kind of as expected. If they want to trade their draft pick, they totally can. But I think they're going to be better served just getting Marvin Harrison Jr. You're talking about a really solid Cardinals team if they just get one more alpha wide receiver. And so I think that's probably what they're going to do. And they're just going to roll with Kyler Murray per Jonathan Gannon's words, uh, and it'll be good. It will be good. I love myself some Kyler Murray. I genuinely do believe he's the top 10 quarterback easily with some other upside, too. I mean, he could be top five on any given Sunday. Uh, And so Kyler Murray staying with the Cardinals never made any sense to move on from him. I don't really know where those rumors came from. Uh, But yeah, that's where it's at. Some NFL draft news. We'll start with Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, the junior tight end out of UGA, has officially declared for the NFL draft. This is very exciting as this is one of the prospects that pretty much everyone is most excited for. This is a tight end that looks like he will probably go top 10 in this draft. He is a generational prospect. And I know that word has kind of lost a lot of meaning over the years, especially in dynasty fantasy football. We call everyone generational But Brock Bowers truly is generational. He's got great size at 6'4", 230 pounds. He's had 700 plus yards in all the years at UGA, which is really, really good for a tight end. He's only 21, and he's just just a beast. He's just plain and simple a beast. Uh, He's got great workout metrics as well. I'm sure he's going to test even better at the combine. It's just going to be incredible what he brings to the next level. And whatever team does draft him, We'll get a good one. I'm hoping it's the Chargers. That's the team that, like, in my head makes a ton of sense and would just be beautiful. We really wanted them to get a wide receiver. Ooh, the coffee. (laughs) I really wanted them to get a wide receiver. They got Quentin Johnson. They could probably still get another wide receiver in this year's draft, second, third round, but I think they should get Brock Bowers. Gerald Everett's good, but he hasn't been good enough. You're not really going to roll with Donald Parham. Austin Eckler is not even under contract next year, so you kind of need a guy that can get... Uh, the catches in that area of the field, and so Brock Bowers, I would love to go to the Chargers. I think he's going to be good wherever, but that's the landing spot I am manifesting. And he has officially declared for the NFL Draft. As we look towards the draft, it, it just gets more exciting and more exciting. Start getting your picks, guys. Start getting your twenty twenty four draft picks. I know they're more expensive now that the season's over, but just get them. Just get them. They only go up from here. Even though it's the off season now. By the time your rookie draft rolls around, the picks will be even more expensive than they are right now, January 3rd. So go get them. Another player that officially declared for the NFL draft is Brian Thomas. And we talked about this guy a little bit on the Monday New Year's episode with Maddie Kiwoom previewing the players that were playing in the New Year's bowl games. Brian Thomas is one of the LSU wide receivers. uh, And he is the one that plays complimentary to Malik Neighbors, who is also looking like a first round pick. Brian Thomas is more of a fringe first round pick prospect. But what will help him a lot is his size. He's six foot five, 200 pounds, and he just has a nose for the end zone. He scored 15 touchdowns in the regular season and then just had two touchdowns in the bowl game on Monday with nearly 100 yards as well, 98 yards. So a really good wide receiver, clearly really good in the red zone, and a team will definitely want to take a chance on a wide receiver like that. I know Matty Kiwan was a little down on him because he doesn't have much twitch to him, uh, he is a pretty just stereotypical big body touchdown catching wide receiver. Uh, he has a little bit of speed, but we've seen some prospects like Brian Thomas uh, be concerning. Quentin Johnson, for example, tall, the speed just doesn't always work out. But I am a little bit uh, more interested in Brian Thomas, I guess would be what I say. I, I think that landing spot dependent. Uh, he could definitely be something special. I think if he goes to a team like the Bills who don't necessarily have a red zone threat at the wide receiver position like a Brian Thomas, I think that that could be a really good landing spot. And I'm sure there's another a bunch of other really good landing spots for a wide receiver of this caliber. So Brian Thomas officially declared for the NFL draft. He's the tallest wide receiver entering the draft with some first round uh, possibilities. So definitely someone to keep your eye on, maybe start scouting if you feel like you like that. But again, I do think it's going to be landing spot dependent for a wide receiver like this. Uh, And lastly, in terms of news, we've got a couple updates, but actual news here is Sean McVay. He has officially announced that he will be returning for the 2024 season as the head coach of the Rams. Now I know that this isn't like a big surprise. I bring it up just because a couple seasons ago when the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, uh, there was, or won the Super Bowl, uh, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald there was all that whole thing that all three of them were going to retire and leave the Rams uh, at the top of their game but that wasn't really true they all returned and Sean McVay is still returning here in 2024 I don't know if we're ever going to really get an early retirement from him that report was strange when it came out given he's so young and such a good head coach so I'm glad to see him back in 2024 excited to see what he can do with the Rams uh, Kyron Williams, I'm assuming will still be a big, a big piece. And then we still got Cooper cup under contract, Nakua going into a second season, Matthew Stafford still under contract. So it really just come down to if Aaron Donald returns or not, but either way Rams team poised to look good again in 2024, Sean McVay returning and a lot of other pieces. And lastly, Lamar Jackson, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Lamar Jackson is the front runner in the 2023 MVP race. But at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He is the MVP. Odds have been updated and Lamar Jackson has negative 10,000 odds, minus 10,000 odds uh, to be the MVP. Christian McCaffrey is next at minus 375. So that is just a massive difference. The bookies are telling us it is Lamar Jackson being the MVP this season. And I think at this point, it's, it's pretty clear. I know last week, a lot of us, myself included, were saying, let's just give it to Christian McCaffrey. But then Lamar Jackson goes out and balls against the Dolphins and gets that number one seed for the Ravens. Just He's playing really well right now. The Ravens are playing really well, and it's a quarterback award. So it's just going to go to Lamar Jackson. It is what it is. Uh, it, it makes sense. He's got it. Really good season from him. Second MVP for Lamar Jackson. So that's really, really good. So anyway, that is what's going to happen there. Looking like he's the MVP. Massive odds difference between him and Christian McCaffrey. Go ahead and right in a sharpie it's lamar for mvp and guys that is all the news i have for you guys we're in the off season here so there's a lot less to talk about still of course going to keep you updated here on wake and take as usual every single morning monday through friday 10 a.m on the player profiler youtube facebook instagram uh we'll be here we'll be here discussing the news i don't see any questions here in the chat i can check over on instagram as well yeah no questions so I, I guess we'll just go ahead and sign off a little bit early. Uh, I will say, if you guys have any ideas for episodes, you can shoot me a DM on Twitter or just tweet me on Twitter, at JFootballWine. Uh, you can leave a comment. I'll see it. Uh, we're here in the off season. I'm willing to discuss anything that you guys feel that you want to hear about. I'm already thinking I'll probably do a Justin Fields episode here shortly, as well as some other off season content, like net Rookies and all that fun stuff. But just any other topics you guys want to hear about let me know and i'll I'll deliver we've got plenty of time until the next nfl season and we'll still be here on Wake and take so as usual guys like the video subscribe to player profiler thanks as always for tuning in have a terrific oh it's wednesday have a wonderful wednesday a fantastic rest of your week and i'll see you guys all tomorrow peace